As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This week's Major Spoilers Podcast Weekend Type Edition goes out to Nathan Olson, Craig Zillis, and Stephen Bauer, together responsible for the legendary Uncle Scrooge story, Treasure of the Pirate's Trousers, in 1977. A touching tale, so much you'll actually need a special doll to show me where it touched you. In any case, this one goes out to them. Major Spoilers theme song! The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Pod on on the air. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod pod podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven. If you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, podcasts. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Welcome, everyone, to episode 375 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. So glad you could join us. Wow, that many. Whenever and wherever you are. You know, you missed the Matthew doing the 365 joke and then forgetting that we did the 365 <laughs> joke and then having to retell it again around issue 370 or so. Oh. So, welcome, now everybody. We're at issue 365 plus 10. Welcome, so everybody. We're, we're welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, if you haven't heard of Critical Hit, it's the Major Spoilers Dungeons & Dragons Real Play Podcast. Mm -hmm. We take the fourth edition. We start out with no knowledge, well, no knowledge from me, of how fourth edition works, and we walk you through an incredible campaign. Mm -hmm. All fourth edition. Now, Wizards of the Coast has recently announced that they're working on a new edition of uh, Dungeons, Dungeons & Dragons. And we're going to talk about it on on the uh, upcoming episode, so you can find it here. It should be, what, 130, I think, is the episode number. So you can go and listen to our comments there. We're not going to spend a lot of time talking about what our thoughts are of the new Dungeons & Dragons, but there's this hook that they are using mm -hmm. that I think is very telling, especially as we think about what Axe is doing and what some other companies are doing uh, in this universe. Right. Uh, and the big thing that they're doing is... They're putting it out there for the community. You have input in this. You can subscribe. You can go to their website and click on things and leave them messages and things like that and uh, let them know what you want out of this game or comic book about perfume. Well, I mean, and that's what Axe is. It's community involvement for this. So what, Matthew, let's start with you. What does community involvement mean? 
in the worst case scenario, it means jackassery. Um, the, the most obvious example is always to me, Marvel versus DC circa 1995 or 96, wherein they let the readers vote popular vote on who would win certain fights. So, you know, Batman versus Captain America, the readers chose Spider-Man versus Superboy, the readers chose Wolverine versus Lobo the readers chose. And what it really came down to was Lobo, who had gone toe-to-toe with a Kryptonian multiple times, who could regrow his body from any blood cell that would happen, say, if you were sliced in two by three particularly sharp skewers. Lobo lost a fight to Wolverine in four panels. And everybody went, yay! Except for the people who were like, well, the internal consistency of this story is immediately compromised. (laughs) Well, and also, you know, internal consistency isn't a big thing. But it, it, I think it's best encapsulated by the words of, of the great prophet George, who said, picture the stupidest person you know, and then remember that half the people are stupider than that. And I'm afraid that, you know, an open source type of gaming may lead to openings for, you know, the big jackassery, where everything ends up being skewed towards a certain type of player or a certain you know, gaming strategy or everybody gets the power to be Drizzt, no matter what they choose. Well, I mean, it's a that, wizard. Well, I, I, I guess I can see your point where majority rules. And so you could have everybody who's mm-hmm. really up on newborn and want to focus everything all on the newborn or the dragonborn. Mm-hmm. And then uh, suddenly dragonborn become this all powerful super character to play in this new universe. And then people are like, but I want to play a, a, bilb- a, a little hobbit or a dwarf. What, what about me? And so it falls apart there, right? It, it, Rodrigo, what does this community involvement mean for you? Um, as far as uh, this new Dungeons and Dragons edition, my guess is that community involvement is going to mean not at all that and not at all so what are, a lot of people think is going to happen. I, I wrote an article. It's up yep. on Major Spoilers yep. if you want to read some more in-depth thoughts. Look under the, have, uh, uh, under the editorials uh, mm-hmm. category, and you'll find it there. Because if you read the statement that Wizards put out, um, they're saying, we've started playtesting. We've got a small playtest group. Then we're mm-hmm. going to move that out to a larger group. And then eventually at our uh, big convention, mm-hmm. we're going to start putting the rules out there for you guys to see. Now, what this means is that the rules for the game, the actual rules for the game are already written. Yeah. The engine that the game is going to run on is already put together. And by that, I mean the way that 3-5 was very dependent on your base attack bonus on your feats and the way that 4th edition is very dependent on your powers and your power choices. That is probably already decided. So, in other words, we have two schools of thought here. One is... Yes, let's truly let the fans vote and Robin dies, mm-hmm. right? And we'll have to go with that and figure out some way to undo that in 25 years. Mm-hmm. Or lip service. Right. We're saying that you have involvement. And what we really mean is we're going to show it to you. We're going to give your feedback, but we're probably not going to do with it, right. do anything the, with it for another five years. The things that you get to decide are going to be relatively superficial things. Now, I think it's entirely possible. So, like, for example, 3-5 got rid of what character class? Or I mean, from 4 to uh, 3-5 to 4, weren't there some... uh... Not really. Well, 
there there were some that haven't been reprinted because such as three like the Shugenja. Okay, so question for the community: Do you want the Sujinja back? Yes, I, we I'm do. I'm really glad I went with the Shugenja. By the way. <laughs> Because now Stephen has to pronounce it for the rest of this example. We want the Suginja back. They, well, here's a set of <laughs> knives for you. Um, and they say, okay, fine. You said you wanted them back. Here, they're back. But we also want our power system. You said you wanted the Suginja back. Here they are. Shut it. Hmm. Is that what we're talking about? Probably not. Um, what we're talking about is probably the... And they're... by the way, we're never going to allow you any position of power ever again. <laughs> Shut it. <laughs> Shut it, you. This is how this is how our <laughs> weekly meetings go here at Major Spoilers. Anybody have any suggestions? Matthew, do you have any suggestions uh, for the for the greater good of the site? Uh, actually, I Shut it, you, you, Rodrigo. <laughs> Uh, are you guys? Are you just gonna shut me up if I give you a <laughs> shut? It you. No. All right. Here's what I think we're gonna do. <laughs> Get on it, <laughs> Ferb. <laughs> Make this happen. Uh, so you don't There's think that that's what it's gonna be? No, no, no. I think I think what it's gonna be is, um, they're already gonna have probably a a very modular system put together, mm-hmm. and then people are gonna be like, you know what? I really really liked was back when there were spell lists. I hate that my wizard only has 10 spells that he can cast. I wish that he had 300 spells that he could cast like back in third edition. And then they'll go like, okay, well, here's a system where you get to pick from 300 spells. And here's a system in which you get the 10 spells that you get in fourth edition. They are completely compatible. Yeah. And, and, you can, and, I mean, and you can do either, or well, your game master the... can then choose which one right. is which. But that, I think, is largely what, you know, again, in in my article I go into sure. talking about, you know, they're not going to bring Thaco back. No matter how much people scream, that, that has already been, or if they are, they're already doing that. That has already been decided. Right. But, I mean, in terms of community, in terms of companies saying community involvement we want your input mm-hmm. uh the axe uh thing that we talked about in episode 374 where um axe the body spray is making a graphic novel that reader that the fans get to choose how it plays out mm-hmm. and basically the stuff i've seen is which character do you want to see the be the lead the brunette or the blonde or da 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 or the da 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 so again it's they're not letting people there's no choice for alien from omicron city 5 Right. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I want. And I bet I could get 10,000 of my friends to say that's what we want. But the axe company is going to say, no, you've got the brunette or the blonde. Right. It's kind of like, well, yeah. And so that's what I kind of fear with when people when companies say uh, community involvement, they really mean. To an extent, we're going to pretend to listen to you job. Right. Yeah. Pick the paint job. And that's what that's what you're going to go with. And it boils down to who's going to get the majority vote Uh, and not really. Well, here's here's Rodrigo over here that says, here's how you can make Thacko work in the new system. Let's really listen to his ideas. Mm -hmm. I would never say that. No, I know. But I'm just using that as an extreme (laughs) example, as opposed to the 10,000 people who are saying we want uh, Super Ninjas back. Right. Super Ninjas. Super Ninja. Super Ninja. Ninja. You ever watch that show? Super Ninja. Super Ninjas on, no. uh, I forget what it is, Nicktoons or something, whatever it is. It's got George Takai. Nice. It, See, it's man. about these, this ninja 
Yeah, he's two a two See, uh, middle school kids who are ninjas. I'm okay. I I am okay with it being that with a company <clears throat> saying, "Hey guys, we're gonna totally let you pick what color this stuff is going to be." Mm-hmm. That's fine by me. My problem comes in when the companies sell it as more than it is, and I think that right now, you know, again, this is we are not. Uh, or, or Dungeons and Dragons has never done this before. Mm-hmm. So who knows how they're actually going to handle it. But it seems to me that this is the way that it's going to go. But the way that it comes across, although they've been perfectly honest with the stuff, they, and, and you do have to go into that statement and pick it apart mm-hmm. to realize that what they're saying is you get to pick what um, frosting and yeah. what sprinkles well, and what yeah, birthday you know, candles you get. I but wish this, I could, cho- this cake is going to be chocolate. I wish, I wish, I wish I could talk about this beta program that I'm in right now. Yeah, I can't. Sure. But if people know me, and I've talked about it before, about a product that I have been in a beta before, mm-hmm. it is kind of frustrating because this time they've created a better forum system for us to communicate. Mm-hmm. And you can see all the beta, beta testers who are in there testing things out, and, and there's a whole section on feature suggestions. And everybody's like, well, this really needs to happen or this needs right. to happen. And it's not just bug, bug, bug fixes, but this needs to happen as well. Right. And on the one hand, you can sense the frustration of the company going, no, 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 no. We've already decided what our feature sets are going to be here. Right. Why are you people arguing about this thing that we took out? Right. And the frustration of the user who's like, but why did you take that out or right. why did you include that? Absolutely. And so that's that's a very frustrating part about it being in a beta program. But on the other hand, by the end of the day, when the product is released, I think people are going to be really cool about yeah. it. Well, now it's good that you bring up beta testing because I think that's what this is going it to is. become. It is going to be a giant open beta. Yeah. Um, which is fine. You know, it I don't know if you're aware of this, but there are other role playing games besides Dungeons what? and Dragons. Yes, exactly. And there are role-playing game companies, and by companies I mean groups because mm-hmm. it is difficult. What is for it? A, White Wolf and yeah, White Wolf, Piazzo and Guardians of Order. There's yeah, a yeah. ton. There are tons of quote-unquote companies. They don't always last very long because it's usually one guy who really wants to put a game out, um, and and manages to scrounge together the resources to do it. The game doesn't sell that well. You know, things go downhill. But there have been groups of role players. And role-playing companies that have done this sort of thing before, mm-hmm. where they start designing the game, they basically give the game away for free, people play it, people troubleshoot it, they bring it back to the designers, or they design their own patches, and that stuff gets taken in into the main game. Matthew, and, what ab- And yeah, this is ahead. what D&D is doing. Matthew, what about companies that say, hey, we listened to you, and now we're giving you X-Men versus Avengers versus, which is... As Tom Brevoort has even said, this is designed to appeal to fanboys who for years have been telling us, let's just see an issue of nothing but fighting. It is going to be the least consequential fan service series that's available, and it'll probably be the bestseller. Is is that kind of what Marvel More has done in this case, basically? I mean, is this... I, I can't speak for Marvel, and certainly you can't either, but does this seem kind of the same way? Hey, we listen to you, and here it is. Well, they listen to some of them, and here it is. And I think that is partially the case, but you also have to think about the fact that a lot of times when you see these type of things, it is the equivalent of a big silver cover 
or, you know, somebody it's, oh, it's she Spider-Man. It's something to try and get the reader's attention. It's something to, you know, grasp for that extra dollar or trying to bring something back to relevance. So I always <clears throat> have to take that with a little grain of salt. I think it's the same thing up to a point, but I really feel like what Wizards is trying to do is a little different in that they're trying to, and I, I don't want to say this the way that I'm trying to say this, so this is going to come out really weird. They're trying to make it feel like we the players have a voice. They're trying to say, okay, in this forum at this particular time, player feedback matters. Mm -hmm. As you know, it, it probably should. But let's say, for instance, the feedback is on something like the double face cards and the double face cards are, you know, successful as sellers and people complain about them and people are, you know, talking about them and hating the double face cards. But the double face cards sell if the feedback that they get is the equivalent of get rid of those stupid double face cards. Right. I don't think they're going to do it. Right. I, you know, and, and I'll just put this out there. I appreciate feedback and I seek feedback and I like feedback from our major spoilers listeners, the critical hit listeners, the people that come to the website. And I'm always saying, hey, if you've got a comment or you've got a suggestion or you've got an idea, send it our way. Right. That is some community involvement. But I think at the same time, people who do write in with suggestions and our ideas can expect that just because you've sent in an idea, we're going to implement it. Absolutely. Right. At one point um, years ago, uh, somebody had said, oh, you need to create a feature on the site that lets me save my favorites, save my favorite articles that I've written. Mm -hmm. And Bookmark does that, but they wanted something else. So I went and found a plugin that worked and worked for a long time. And then finally, I did some stats and it was like five people out of the million of people a year who were coming to it were using that feature. Yeah. And I asked people, how many of you are using it? I only see five. Nobody was using it. <laughs> out it goes. Yep. So... You know, just because you send it in an idea or a suggestion doesn't mean we're going to implement it or use it. We have to weigh pros and cons. And I think from, you know, the business side of all this frivolity that we call major spoilers, mm -hmm. um, there is some business aspects that have to go on and we have to weigh, well, you know, if we bring in Alex as a regular recurring person at the table for a critical hit, there's a cost associated with that. Mm -hmm. And if somebody wants man, to man, that kid can eat. I know. Uh, you know, if somebody says, Oh, you guys ought, ought to implement this, uh, we have to weigh that cost. And sometimes it could be a terrible idea. And sometimes it could be a brilliant idea, which is why I usually will solicit uh, fan feedback on Twitter or anything else about, wait, what should our poll of the week be? And, you know, probably most of December, I want to say, was maybe part of November through December, was all fans submitted uh, polls of the week. And I think that's great. Uh, but you can't also, I guess, when we talk about community involvement, you can't expect every idea and every suggestion to be implemented. Well, yeah. um, I don't and I'm not even sure that all of them are even regarded. Some of them may just be like, yeah, 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 whatever. Well, because they're not realistic or whatever. Right. I think as... And that's where, I, that's I wish, where fans get upset, though, right? I, absolutely. And I wish that people... and regard Because this is something that I have done myself. Sometimes you send a suggestion or there's something you want and you're vocal about it and you let them know and you write to the person that you want to... Uh, rant on a podcast for an hour about why podcast, Superman shouldn't fly. Right. You rant on a podcast for an hour. You send them a letter and they send a letter back and they tell you that they... That they like your idea and blah, blah, blah. And then they don't implement it. 
And then people go out and say, well, they're not listening to the fans. And the honest truth of it is, no, they're just not listening to you. Or they listen to you, but they don't like your idea. And that has to be okay. Because in the end, they're the ones that are putting out the product. And you are... And they're the ones that are trying to make money from that product. And if you don't like it, then you shouldn't buy it. Okay, now check this out. I'm going to diverge from this because okay. you're talking about uh, just a letterhead reply. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see this week, or maybe it's it's been a while probably, uh, about a corporate response to Star Wars complaint? No. Okay, so the backstory is, and I forget the name, it's called the Early Learning Center, which is... I don't know, supposed to help children advance and be proud of themselves and do all these kinds of things. And the early uh, learning center has some toy tie-ins that they that they sell through their store. And they have a bunch of Star Wars stuff. And this one features Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And so this, uh, this, char- this guy, I don't say character, this guy was walking past and saw this ad for Anakin Skywalker outside and got angry. And he wrote the company a letter. And he says, to those responsible for choosing the toys they wish to sell at the Early Learning Center as well as the in-store advertising, I was recently walking past the uh, the Dundee Early Learning Center and was shocked and disgusted to see an advert for Star Wars toys prominently featuring the characters Yoda and Anakin Skywalker as positive figures. Personally, I could not be more shocked. I thought the Early Learning Center was a place for positive reinforcement of positive actions for children, and yet here it it was actively promoting one of the most evil characters in the Star Wars universe, Anakin Skywalker. Now, I'm aware that Anakin was not always evil and was, in fact, uh, an innocent in Star Wars Episode I, The Phantom Menace. However, I wish to press... Uh, on you, the severity of his actions starting upon joining the Jedi uh, Order as a Padawan. <laughs> Consistent and flagrantly ignoring the rules. Nerf! Orders and limits set on him by his Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. Killing an entire tribe of sand people on Tatooine. Killing the unarmed Count Dooku. Cutting the arm off a Jedi Knight, Mace Windu. Uh, uh, pledging himself to the dark side of the Force and organization based on the teachings of the Sith involving brutality, fear, anger, and hatred, including severe humanistic racism racism when they uh, came into power forming the Empire, acted as the right hand of the Sith Emperor, choked his wife using the power of the Force, nearly killing her and undeniably an act which inevitably, inevitably led to her death, Attempting attempted killing of Jedi Knight and Master Obi-Wan Kenobi, and last of all and most important, the massacre of an entire school of young Jedi children. Now I ask you, how can you sell such toys, promoting such individuals into your establishment sincerely, Mr. Mills? I mean, he's got a point, right? Yeah. So corporate response might be, I don't know which one of you said it, nerd. Yeah, Quit being a nerd and get out of here. Uh, listen to this brilliant response. As an avid Star Wars fan myself, I can relate to your, your points below and see the perspective that Anakin Skywalker, in his teenage years onwards, is by no means a positive role model, nor, nor is he intended to be represented as such. We sell a wide range of characters from Star Wars universe, including the Stormtroopers, the Scout Troopers, the Commander Cody, and so forth. With particular uh, reference to the two former characters, both are generally considered to be bad, and unlike Anakin, uh, have had no periods of being good or redemption, and are provided to give the good guys someone to triumph over. While ideally the Jedi Council would have no enemies and would sit in their chambers sipping a, a both and rum, it's not particularly interesting for a small child, unless of course you wish to populate their tea parties with Star Wars characters, in which case we fully endorse this, 
For a child to fully immerse themselves in the Star Wars products we sell, I would hesitate to guess that said child is a fan of the Clone Wars cartoon series, the prequels and sequels uh, being of an age most would uh, agree is unsuitable for the age range that we cater to. In this series, Anakin is very much portrayed as a force of good, and our aim is to provide fans of the series with both heroes and villains so they can replay the epic battles of the show in in the comfort of their own home. It's unlikely that children of that age have seen any of the Star Wars films. However, if they have, I beg to offer this following counterpoint to the sins of Anakin. Anakin loved his mother a great deal and always treated her with respect. Rescued his master several times from assassins, pit monsters, and droid troopers. Rescued uh, Amidala from uh, assassin snakes, pit monsters, the Trade Federation, and even found time to romance her in the fields of Naboo. Built uh, C-3PO. Won the pod race. Killed the evil emperor and saved his son. I would also argue that if a child had seen all of the films, they'll have seen Anakin as a hero who went wrong, but ultimately played the supreme sacrifice uh, to atone for his sins. There may be better role models out there for a child, but for the period our toys are aimed at, the Clone Wars, Anakin remains very much a hero material and is a popular and welcome addition to our range. That's a good response. Nice. <laughs> I mean, he could have just turned it around, and we've seen recently Oh yeah. the toy um, video game controller. Yeah, the, the hunter controller or whatever. That just went ballistic because the guy was just like, you know, just right. being a jerk. But this is something that's well thought out and counterpoints it. Now, I'm sure the person on the other end of the, that wrote the letter is probably like, how dare you make me look bad. But I think this is a positive way of responding to community involvement or oh, community absolutely. feedback in any kind of way. Um, what else about com- community involvement do we need to talk about? I mean, I think you need to listen to your customers. Absolutely. But uh, it's important that we as customers realize that s- just because we've complained doesn't mean that the problem, if it is, if it is a problem at all, is going to go away. I think that when you send a complaint, when you say something to a company, um, you have to understand that they're always going to weigh the pros and cons of what you suggest, and they might ignore it. Now, if a product is dangerous or problematic or something like that, Involve the law, you know, mm-hmm. if 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 you realize that a, a product marketed for, you know, two-year-olds is a choking hazard, yeah, then yes, find the Better Business Bureau, something like that, take action. But if it's something like, oh, I don't like that my Batman Lego set has the... Um, Michael, I just don't Michael- like that my DC hero sets are all Batman. Yeah, something like that. Or, you know, I don't like that you guys are using the... Uh, 1980s and 90s Batman Batmobile. I right. want to see the super tumbler from Dark Knight or whatever. Right. It's like, you know, that they'll listen to you and then promptly ignore you if well, that's not something you know, they care about. On the about. other hand, and Matthew, I want you to chime in here in a, in a moment too. On the other hand, Mattel mm-hmm. has tried to listen to fans and saying, hey, if you guys want these characters so bad, here's what we're going to do. You're going to have to pay this subscription fee to get these characters, and it's going to be more expensive than putting it on the shelf. But quite frankly, the demand for this character is so low that we cannot mass produce it. Mm-hmm. But we could produce it for 500 of you. Right. If you sign up and pay for a hefty f- sum, 50 bucks for this character as opposed to the 12 bucks that you might pay for it in the store. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's another option as well. But, I mean, you can't do everything for everybody. If it was, I mean, 
holy cow, you'd be awesome. And and Matthew's talked about, for example, uh, and we've we've all talked about him, but I think he had uh, a good timeline for it about the uh, the sad history of Manhunter, the comic. Right, right. You want to refresh us, Matthew? I'm sorry, what? The the history of Manhunter, <laughs> the comic book and the character. Yes, and I was actually sidetracked by this because I was trying to think of of a particular campaign, but this is actually very similar to it. Manhunter was an excellent comic with a small fan base, or a smaller fan base, I guess I should say, and it was canceled. The announcement came out that Manhunter was ending with issue blah, and the fans went, no, bring it back. So DC, hearing this, commissioned more issues of Manhunter. And those issues sold well, and then they sold a little less well and a little less well. And eventually they said, no, Manhunter is going to be canceled again. And the fans went, no, we promised this time. <laughs> so they brought it back again. It was canceled a second or third time, at which point the character became a supporting, uh, a backup character in one of the Batman titles. Mm -hmm. And I think eventually ended up in like Justice Society of America. But what it really comes down to is, if there is a sufficient fan feedback, like there was in 1967 when they tried to cancel Star Trek, you know, like there was when Manhunter nearly went down, like there was when they tried to kill Julie Power. I made that one up. But, <clears throat> excuse me, whenever there's that kind of feedback, yes, they're willing to listen. But as the Manhunter example shows, we have to hold up our end of the covenant as well. And, you know, if, if, for instance, they say we're selling 20,000 Manhunters per month and they bring it back from cancellation and then they start selling 15,000 Manhunters per month, then that company has no necessarily, they don't have any, any positive to hanging out, to listening to us, to taking it and saying, yes, we will bring it back again. So I don't know. This is going to be interesting to see how they do it. I hope it's oh, not sure. just, I hope it's not lip service. I hope it's just not... We're saying this, but we've already got everything planned and we're going to pretend like we're listening, but we've already made up our minds. But at the same time, I hope it's just not when people say this, okay, it's all things for all people. Right. Enjoy. And that's, and that's my biggest concern about D&D is, is that, is that in the end, we're going to end up with a game that is very flat and very modular and will try to be everything to everyone. There's already a game like that. It's called GURPS. Yeah. Group, group, what is it? Uh, um, something user I, I, role playing game. The the last the you are it's universal role playing game. Generic, okay. generic, uh, generic universal role playing, role -playing game. game. Okay, yep. System. All right, yep. system. That's what it is. All right, listeners, we want you to provide some feedback over to majorspoilers.com. Look at the uh, link in the show notes for this, and we want to hear what does community involvement mean to you. What do you want to see when someone says, "Hey, we want your feedback." Do you want them to act upon everything, or do you want them to weigh the pros and cons? Do you want them to just give you lip service and pretend like they're listening, but really just do their own thing, you know, let us know. All right. Uh, it's been a while since we've done, like, fun things on mm -hmm. this show. Let's play a game of trivia. Ooh. This is going to, I'm going to pit uh, Matthew mm -hmm. against Rodrigo mm -hmm. in a trivia game. Great. Okay. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to, the trivia is going to come from your area of expertise, kind of. Uh, so I'm thinking for you, Rodrigo, mm -hmm. it's going to be movies and film, or television and film. Okay. And for Matthew, it's going to be comics, obviously. Okay. You think? Is that Would fair? Do you want to go with comics? Way. I don't know if I have a I, gaming. I don't know if I have categories for gaming. I'll, I'll go with movies and, okay. and TV. 
and there's subcategories. So, Matthew, why don't we go first for you? Death, uh, some of your death, hell, Armageddon, death, and sports. Uh, it's who published me? The devil. Who published me? Um, comic book firsts, assorted comic book characters. Um, but the, 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 I'll take potpourri for 100, Alex. Okay. Let's You're see. You're sitting in a gold mine, Trebek. All right, then. Miscellaneous comic knowledge it is. There are 10 questions in here. We're going to see how right. well Matthew does. Okay. So, Rodrigo, please keep, keep, uh, keep track of these. I'm already asleep. Oh, what? <laughs> okay. Which person listed or which person uh, that's here has never known, uh, was never known as Union Jack? Which of these characters has never been known as Union Jack? Lord Montgomery Fallsworth, Brian Fallsworth, Joseph Chapman, or Brian Braddock? Brian Braddock. Okay. You are correct, sir. Brian Braddock Braddock is is the older. Okay. Very good. I don't have to go into that. Question number two. Jackson Arvid is the secret identity of which Spider-Man villain? The Will of the Wisp. You are correct, sir. Jackson Arvid, the chief scientist for electromagnetic research at the what corporation? Uh, ooh, that's this a, a good bonus. One. Was it that's brand? a bonus. Yeah, brand corporation. Was turned into the energy billing villain called Will of the Wisp during the accident in his laboratory. Question three. What is the name of the ancient spirit that Mark Spector became, uh, that came into contact with, that granted him the powers of the Moon Knight? Is it the Kung lunar spirit? Shu. Okay, so the choices are lunar spirit, neophyte, the uh, spirit fire, or the spirit of Khonshu. Matthew Spicks picks the spirit of Khonshu. He is correct. So what is he, 4-4? Four, four? Uh, this is 3-4-4. Three, 3-4, four, four. Three four, okay. Three. Question number four. Three, four In three. the comic book, The Authority... The team appeared to be killed off by a government-created monster named Seth. When the team returned, what was the punishment they decided on for their would-be killer? Was it they turned him into stone and left him in the Arctic? They let Midnighter rip him to pieces? They turned him into chicken and then let the hillbilly family eat him? Or they opened a door to the sun and catapulted Seth into it? Mm, I don't remember this one. I'm going to go with four. They opened a door to the sun and catapulted Seth into it. That is incorrect. The correct answer was they turned him into a chicken and then let his hillbilly family eat him. Mm. (laughs) That's good. I like that. In the darkness, Batman crossover darkness wanted to find out what Batman feared most. Who did darkness query Bane two face scarecrow or the Joker? I'd say Scarecrow. Ooh, incorrect. (laughs) The correct answer is the Joker. When Darkness went to Arkham to ask the Joker what Batman's greatest fear was, he responded by telling him a joke that made no sense. When Darkness questioned him about the joke's meaning, the Joker responded, you're the one who asked the silly question, and when you ask a... uh, And when you ask a silly question, on it goes. So the Batman has no fears. Uh, who killed Boulevard Trask? Cyclops, Dr. Stephen Lang, Master Mold, or Ultron 11? Master Mold, I believe. You are correct. 
Oliver Trask created the first Sentinels. There you go. When the Thunder God Thor apparently went insane, whom did the Silver Surfer contact in order to help him stop God's rampage? He was, uh, he was successful where the Surfer, the Infinity Witch, Doctor Strange, and the other Asgardian gods were not. Was it Thanos, Magnus, Hulk, or Galactus? Thanos? You are correct. The conflict led the assembled group to Asgard, where they came into contact with Odin. Thanos battled Odin until the god learned the truth. He revived Thor and allowed Thanos and the heroes to leave Asgard with his and Thor's gratitude. This is true or false, pretty easy. Harley Quinn has regenerative powers. I'm going to bet this is pre-52. True or false? I'm going to say false. Ooh, true. Weird. Harley Quinn received regenerative powers after her stay with Poison Ivy. Harley was given Ivy's special plant formula in order for her to survive at Ivy's headquarters. Interesting. Which of the following abilities does Harley Quinn not possess? She can read minds. She has uncanny agility. She can breathe underwater. She has above average strength. Which of the following abilities does Harley Quinn not possess? Wow. Yeah. Uh, Apparently at some point they gave Harley Quinn superpowers. She can read minds. That is correct. She can breathe underwater? That's All of the powers Harley was given to her due to Poison Ivy's antitoxin. And I'm going to bet again, pre-52. Who knows what's going on now? Last question, Matthew. In the comic The Big O, Roger Smith's number one nemesis shares a name with what popular singer? Beck, (laughs) Prince, Cher, or Meatloaf? In the comic, the big O, (laughs) Roger Smith's number one nemesis shares a name with what popular singer? Okay, first of all, that's an anime question. (laughs) I'm going to say Beck. You are correct. Roger Smith is always fighting an arms dealer with a major Superman curl named Beck. Very good, Matthew. You got uh, seven out of uh, ten. Seven out of ten, yep. Very, very good. That's almost half. That is almost half. Let me back up here. Go back up to... And that was labeled as (coughs) difficult. That was. That was pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. TV and movie mixture. uh, Yeah, I didn't make up these questions. These are from a website called funtrivia.com. Yay! So, the, under the category well, TV and tri- movies mixture, we have... I don't want to do anything easy. It's got to be at least tough, difficult, or extreme. Extreme! All right, so you have, in this category, Sorkin's Company. Do you know your actors? No. For better or worse, the great British nurse. What? Greatest sexy moments of film and TV... We are family. Librarians gone mild. TV and movie image. Uh, we can't do that one because that's a visual one. Uh, before they were doctors. Oh. Uh, here's one that's called very difficult. Playing the president. Top ER. Let that be your last death. Oh, here we go. You are. Are you a big Star Trek Star Wars nerd? Um. 
only really Star Wars. Okay. Not so big on the Star Trek. Is it is it like a Star Wars or Star Trek thing? Being a mixture of Star Trek and Star Wars trivia questions that you might not expect. Oh. I think I'd get severely uh, damaged on the Star Trek ones. Okay, let's try... Television and movies analogies, TV and film comedies, Superman Entertainment Timeline. Um, I played in a cartoon, everything 80s. Uh, quiz for sleepy people, Doctor Who, The Companions, famous couples. Uh, alternative histories, fictional musicals, which, which is which, and for experts only. Uh, give me which, which is which. You're going to go with that one? Yeah, sure. All right, 15 questions on this one. Yipe. So, I here we go. Do I get the right died. of second refusal if he misses the question? No. Oh, damn. What if I know Alyssa, Mil- Alyssa Milano played this TV witch with the power of premonition, le- uh, Levitation and sense feeling. Prudence Hollowell, Piper Hollowell, Phoebe Hollowell, or Paige Hollowell? Phoebe Hollowell. Correct. Yay, girlfriend, for making me watch Charmed. (laughs) If this witch from a classic movie hadn't been melted, she might be looking for Judy Garland in California and Oregon. The Wicked Witch of the West, the North, the South, or the East? The West. Correct. Yeah, and technically, she didn't melt, she was dissolved. (laughs) This TV witch has a talking black cat and is played by an actress with the last name Hart. Selena, Sahara, Sabrina, or Sharina? Sabrina. Oh, dear God, these are easy. This was supposed to be a hard one. This was listed as hard. Uh, Maybe it ramps up. There are 15 questions. Don't give him the options. (laughs) This is very easy. Well, okay, maybe we should. In the Harry Potter books, what is Hermione's last name? Granger. Correct. In the movie, she played... These are easy. In the movies, she's played by Emma Watson. Weasley is Ron's last name. Oh, that's the... That's not a question. Oh, that's That's the the answer. Duh. Who played the oldest sister on Charmed prior to Holly Marie Combs? Do you need some... Here are your options. The oldest is, that's who played um, the oldest sister. Hang on, uh, it's the chick from nine hundred two one zero. Um, Shannon Doherty. Shannon Doherty is correct. That's a second charmed question. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all witches. How many pop <laughs> yeah, culture witches are there? I mean, I'm, actually, I'm waiting for plenty. I'm waiting for like I can think uh, of five more. Bewitched. Uh, yeah, exactly. Kathy and Jimmy plays this witch in the nineteen ninety three movie Hocus Pocus. Oh. Ellen Sanderson, Mary Sanderson, Winifred Sanderson, or Norma Sanderson? Winifred. No, Mary Sanderson. There you go. That one was hard. That one was hard. Which of the following is not one of the names for Cam's twin sister in the T-Witches novel series? Wow. Apollo, Dudley, Alex, or Artemis? Apollo. Correct. I'm sorry, I pronounced it wrong. It's Apollo. Not Apollo, because that was kind of the giveaway. Yeah, but uh, I mean, you didn't know. No, I didn't. So that was just a coincidence. Yeah. 
The star of the show Lizzie McGuire meets Casper in this 1998 film. Hint, it's the character, not the actress. Wendy, Molly, Lily, or Winifred? Oh, Wendy. Correct. It was Winifred again. Do you know who played Wendy? Yeah. Um, that's a bonus question. I gave Matthew yeah, a bonus Hillary question. Hillary Duff. Hillary Duff, correct. But that's only because of the Lizard McGuire. Uh, okay. Celia Reese wrote about this witch in Witch, Child, and Sorceress. Lydia, Leslie, Mary, or Sarah? Sarah. Wrong. Ah. Let's find out what the answer is. Lydia. Mary is the correct answer. Now, lots of witches named Mary. She was a witch in the days of the Salem Witch Trials. Mm. Drew Fuller played this half-witch, half-white lighter, son of Piper Hollowell, half uncharmed. Wit? Yes. Wyatt, Chris, Leo, or Cole? Drew. Wyatt. Incorrect. Ah. It is Chris. Mm. Yes, of course. Chris. Of course. Uh, how could you? I mean, you've been watching Charmed. Come on. You're not up to that season yet? No, I am. This witch knew two Darrens. Hint, this witch should never get a nose job. Samantha? Correct. Samantha was a witch on the popular TV show Bewitched. Dick York and Dick Sargent played Darren Stevens, and Samantha was played by Elizabeth Montgomery. She could make magic happen by twitching her nose. This book was written by Ronald Dahl and illustrated by Quentin Blake. Wonder Witches, The Powers, The Witches, or Three Witches? Three Witches. Incorrect. Uh, it is simply The Witches. Mm. He also wrote The BFG and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, uh, yeah. I've seen the movie based on that book, I think. <laughs> Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a wizard that has been both gray and white. He lives in Middle Earth. Gandalf. Correct. <laughs> That's uh, a wizard question, not a witch question. All right. Looks like two more. He is Tia Malone's brother in the 1975 movie about which mountain? Todd, Tom, Timmy, or Tony? Ooh. I'm going to go with Todd. Incorrect. I think it's, yeah, Tony. Tony. Did you ever see Escape from Witch Mountain? Yeah. It was a long, long time, time ago. ago. Did, you see, did you see Return from Witch Mountain? Yep, I saw that, but I didn't see the, uh, the rock see version. Tia goes into porn once she came back from... No, wait, that's a different movie. Oh, this one's one that's going to be a little bit harder. It's the final one because I want you to do a fill-in-the-blank. Richard Harris played this wizard in the first two films whose name means White Bumblebee. Dumbledore? I'm going to bet it's Aldous Dumbledore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have to spell it. A-L-B-U-S-D-U-M-B-L-E-B-O-R-E. So... Correct, sir. Rodrigo, you got what percent? You missed three questions out of 15. Just three? Yeah, just three. Wow, I thought I felt like I missed more. No, I think you only missed three, so that's a what percentage? 12 out of 15 is the same as 4 out of 5, so that's 80%. There you go. So, winner, Matt, no. 80%, winner, Rodrigo. Technically. Yeah, this yeah. one, this really uh, was not that hard. Matthew's questions were yeah, really freaking hard. hard. 
All right, we can go back to one time in this episode of Batman the Animated Series. Harley Quinn had what color nipples? What <laughs> the Harley the Harley Quinn questions were the hardest apparently because yeah, yeah, yeah. at some point between two panels <laughs> Harley Quinn gets like a random bevy of superpowers. Uh, where's the what was that category? greatest moments of TV? Matthew, do you want to go with another uh, another one or do you want to go with something else? Matthew wants to do TV. Sure. Now. What are we? TV what was that greatest and... moments of TV thing? Uh, now I got to find it. Greatest sexy moments of film and TV? No. Zach Efron quotes <laughs> from TV and the movies? Nice. Let that be your last Death Star. <laughs> what? That's what the name is. It's what? a Star Trek Star Wars mixture. Let that be uh, your last Death Star. Hit me. Let's right. go, kids. All right. Let's full let's frontal nerdity in five. There is a gaming category I just found out, Rodrigo. So. Nice. 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 Uh, there are 15 questions. What well-known comedian and impressionist played Bell, the uh, Charon police officer, in the original episode, Let That Be Your Last Battlefield? Frank Gorshin, Rich Little, John... Correct. What is the name of the Muppet-like blue-beaked creature that always laughs when somebody suffers at the hands of Jabba the Hutt and Return of the Jedi? Salacious Crumb? Correct. This was were supposed to be tough. That one's hard. What is the name of the ruler of the Gungans in The Phantom Menace? That one is not that hard. Boss Nass. Correct. Who portrayed Nass is a legion of slang word meaning crap, by the way. Who played Ka'eller, the half-Klingon, half-human ambassador in Star Trek The Next Generation Susie episode Plaxen. called... Correct. It's called the emissary. It's K-Lar, by the way. Whatever. Simple one. <laughs> Whatever, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is not tough. Who assembled C-3PO? Uh, Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> I built C-3PO. What year? That's highly improbable. What year of the next generation did William T. Riker start sporting his beard? That was season two, I think. All right, so you got two options here. Second year or second half of the first year? Ooh. Second year. Okay, you are correct. Oh, nice. How many sons does Tatooine have? This is not hard. These are dumb questions. (laughs) What the original series TV episode was Star Trek the motion picture loosely based on? Um. Oh crap! The changeling. You need me to give. Okay, so you've. That's that's one of the options. Do you want me to give you the other three, or are you confident about the changeling? I think it was the changeling because that's the nomad episode. Okay, so the other options are the game. Uh, the gamesters of Triskelion. Game masters Sp- of Triskelion. Yeah, it's spelled wrong here. Spock's brain, the Doomsday Machine, or the changeling. Matthew is correct with the changeling. What was the name the of the woman Joan Collins played in The City on the Edge of Forever? Edith Keeler. Correct. Man, I don't even have to give you the options on this one. Yeah, man. Who played Boba Fett in the first three Star Wars movies? And by Star Wars, Jeremy first three Bullock. Star Wars, I mean they think they mean... Uh, chronologically. Chron- in, chronologically. In the world. What? Okay. 
Here we go, Matthew. What'd they put? What did you say? They've got three different names. I thought it was Jeremy Bullock. Because he was the one who played Bob A. Fett, wasn't he? Yeah. In, uh, Empire. Uh, the one that has Boba Fett as one of the options also includes Mark Austin, Jason Wingreen, and Jeremy Bullock, which is the correct answer. But there were actually three okay. people. Uh, Mark Austin, Jason Wingreen, and Jeremy Bullock p- portray the mostly mute bounty hunter in the original trilogy appearing in episodes four, five, and six. Wingreen is the first to speak in character in The Empire Strikes Back, and Daniel Logan played him. In the prequels, both vocally and physically as a child. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Boba Fett didn't appear in uh, Star Wars, did he? In the first three, the episodes one, in, two, and three, the, he does as the, a young child. Yeah. yeah. What vocation did Beru and Owen have on Tatooine? They were moisture farmers. Correct. I didn't think Boba Fett appeared in Star, Star Wars episode four. He not, well... I said episodes one, two, and three as they're as they're listed. Right. See, but yes, I know what you're saying. One, two, and three, and call them the first movies. Yeah, I, well, that's not. I, I, that's I didn't. Not I didn't realize. Either. I didn't realize what yeah, they they're meant. they're yeah, doing yeah. first as it, in chronologically yeah. in yeah. story terms. Right. Which Star Trek: The Next Generation regular also played a more permanent character on Babylon Five? This is an actor's Ooh. name that they're looking for. Peter Jurassic, Andreas Katsoulis, Katsoulis, Michael O'Hare, or Majel Barrett? Let's say Majel Barrett. Incorrect. Andreas, oh. Andreas Katsoulis? Katsoulis. Katsoulis. Who did he play on Star Trek The Next uh, Generation? I already, already went past it, sorry. We're on the next question. (laughs) Which actor in the original series episode where no man has gone before ended up starring in yet another science fiction classic? Whit Bissell, Gary Lockwood, DeForest Kelly, or Sally Kellerman? I want to say Gary Lockwood. Correct. Gary Lockwood went on to appear in a show called The Lieutenant and then appeared in 2001, A Space Odyssey. <clears throat> Two more. What episode of Star Trek The Next Generation did Q make his first appearance in? God. You have to know not the, you can't uh, just say the first episode. Uh, you have to tell me the title of the episode. Point. Correct. <laughs> Last question. What was the first planet okay. destroyed by the Death Star? Oh, was it Alderaan? Yes, correct. All right, Matthew <laughs> hit all of those. He missed one. Take oh, camera one, three. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Rodrigo. Video games. Video games. Video camera games. four is up. Too. Oh, okay. So what do you no, want? No, no, go, no. Go, you, go you, no, it. no. This is yours. This is yours. Let, uh, let's, let's look through video game categories. Because I uh, here's here's all the quiz categories: animals, brain teasers, celebrities, entertainment for children. Out of the question. General knowledge, geography, oh, yeah. history, hobbies, humanities, literature, movies, music, people, religion, sci-tech, sports, television, video games, and world. Now let's let's do video games. Okay, video games. Uh, Call of Duty: Mo- Modern Warfare, The no. Resident Evil Enemy Guide, no. uh, Grand Theft Auto Four, no. Legend of Zelda, Zelda: Twilight Princess. Yeah, we could. Get, I could maybe do that. Okay, uh, you got Kingdom Hearts. Um. So you want to be a druid. That looks to be a World of Warcraft one. Top video games of 2006. Quiz of Oblivion. Where the Hyrule Are We? 
the Tricks of the Trading Game. Ooh, uh, that's Ocarina of Time. Uh, classic video games. Halo 3, video games that you know. Red and Blue Chronicles 5. Um, I, w I can go with either of the Zelda ones or classic video games. We can do classic video classic games. Classic video games. Ten questions. I don't think this is going to be very hard because I just looked at the score results from everyone that's taken this. Like 100. And they're, and they're all scored to the, skewed to the high side of the curve. Yeah. Well, I am bad at taking tests. That's right. In the classic game, insects of all sorts... In this classic game, insects of all sorts, from spiders to scorpions to fleas, come raining down on the player whose object is to destroy all that lies within his or her firing range. What is the title of this 1980 game from Atari? Centipede. Correct. Imagine you're, imagine you're a little blue guy in a white suit with a gun that pumps air into your enemies until they explode. Imagine also that you carry a shovel that you use to set traps with giant stones for your enemy. Of what classic video game are you part and parcel of? Dig Dug. Just saw a Dig Dug game the other day. Mm -hmm. oh, these are, From these 1982. could be considered kind of hard. You're at the wheel of a Formula One car in the Fuji racetrack attempting to qualify for the big race. Which video game are you playing? Oh, I might not know this one. Spy Hunter, Rally X, Cyberball, or Pole Position? I'm going to go with Pole Position. Correct. Yay! You're just a little alien-like fellow who wants to peacefully hop around on your pyramid. Unfortunately, bad guys like Ugg and Wrongway have other ideas. Which game are you enjoying? Cubert. Correct. You cruise along at high speeds with the theme to Peter Gunn blaring away, and all around you are enemies such as Switchblade and the Road Lord trying to rub you out. Which car-based game are you playing? Oh, I probably don't know this one. Rampage, Tron, Super Sprint, or Spy Hunter? Super Sprint? Incorrect. Ooh. Spy Hunter is the correct answer. Maybe before your time. Yeah. That game came out in, I want to say like 82 or something. You are a crab-shaped space vehicle that operates on the end of a tunnel grid. Flippers, spikes, and tankers are among the enemies that you're constantly on the attack. What game are you playing? Ooh, I don't know. What are those? You are a crab-shaped space vehicle that operates on the end of a tunnel grid. Flippers, spikers, and tankers are among your enemy. Uh, you've got Defender, Tempest, Zaxxon, and Battlezone. I go with Battlezone. Uh, wrong, Tempest. Uh, That's a, have you seen that one where you kind of spin around and they come at you? Yeah. It's kind of like a reverse version. came out in 1980. Daniel wasn't Defender. Yeah. But that's about the only one. That Tempest was one of Atari's first arcade-type video games, having been released in 1980. Wow. Question number seven. Your character eats constantly, especially enjoying dots, various fruits, power pellets, and the occasional <laughs> blue ghost. What is the name of this exciting video game? Miss Pac-Man, Gauntlet, Donkey Kong, or Galaxian? Miss Pac-Man. I think it's still one of the most popular <clears throat> video games of all time. Yeah. All around you are large chunks of rock that seem to be moving in almost random directions. To make matters worse, the occasional belligerent UFO makes its appearance. Which video game does this describe? Asteroid. Soon a major motion picture. Yes, it will be. 
You must climb up several levels of a construction site in order to save your girlfriend Pauline, and to make matters worse, your enemy is constantly chucking barrels at you. Which classic video game are you playing? Donkey Kong! And final question. Remember in, in Japan, Mario was originally called, bonus question? Jumpman. Jumpman. You fight against hordes of ghosts, demons, and other varied creatures. Your search for food is occasionally uh, hastened by an intoned voice that beseeches, Elf needs food, badly. Gauntlet. Which, yeah. Perfect score, Rodrigo, plus a bonus. No, I missed one. Oh, you did miss one, that's right. I missed at least one. I might yeah. have missed two, because I missed the spy one, oh, yeah. and I missed the crab one. Yeah, 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 two. So 80%. Yep. Good job, guys. Uh, I've we are giant nerds. Funtrivia.com is where we pulled these from. These are user-generated trivia questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they say tough, I don't think they're really tough. No, Matthew needs to go in there and really, really crank up the difficulty. Oh, yeah, there were some of them these. early. There was one I was hoping you would have chosen earlier, uh, Matthew, that uh, I had a lot of fun with um, mm-hmm. in the comics section. And it was Who Published Me? And it was stuff like mm-hmm. EC Comics. Yeah, and... it's it's some of that stuff. So, for example, here's a here's a uh, here's one of the questions. Uh, Trots and Bonnie was an ongoing comic strip about a curious teenage girl, Bonnie, and her talking dog, Trots. Bonnie had a female friend named Pepsi who appeared often in the strip. What humor magazine published their exploits? Was it Crazy, Cracked, Mad, or National Lampoon? National Lampoon. Correct. Excuse me. Nice. Originally, <coughs> Gloria Grant had been looking for work as a model when her next door neighbor, a photographer, got her an executive assistant position at a major metropolitan newspaper. Where was she being driven crazy by her new boss? The Daily Seaboard Bugle? Publications, DC Comics, Marvel Comics, or, Char- or Charlton, or Charlton. Marvel Comics. Correct. She first appeared in The Amazing Spider-Man in 1975. While working in Africa, Dr. Lancaster Hill believes he's found the chromosomes that give a tiger its speed and strength. He creates a serum and injects himself with it, becoming Tiger-Man. Where did he bear his fangs and claws? Where? We're looking for a publisher. Seaboard. Correct. Seaboard periodicals. Seaboard publications. Yep. Yep. Let's see if it... Yeah. Which lasted three issues, Seabird periodicals known as Atlas Comics uh, crossed the covers of their comic books and magazines, which was short-lived 1970s company created by the original Timely Comics founder, Martin Goodman. Yeah. After an encounter with extraterrestrials, Tom Evans discovers he's gained superhuman powers and goes to fight crime as Captain Canuck. What publisher pages did he leap out of? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, I'll give options? you the four options. Charlton, uh, Comley, Comley, mm-hmm. Comley Comics, Seaboard Periodicals, Comley and Fantagraphics. Comics. Yep. Comley Comics. Who published me? Cherry Pop-Tart followed the sexual exploits of Cherry, a nubile 18-year-old high school student who was the original publisher. Ripoff Press, Apex Novelties, Kitchen Sink Press, or Last Gasp. Yeah, the original publisher. I think ripoff. Incorrect. Last gasp. Last gasp. Okay. 
The man known as Microchip was a computer genius, but because but became known later in life to build weapons and supply technology to one man waging a personal war on crime. Where was this vendetta going on? Marvel Comics. Correct. I'm guessing this is Punisher. Yep. Yeah. Punisher number four, 1987. The character Hellboy needs no introduction, but which comic book publisher publisher has consistently put out this title? Dark Horse. Correct. <coughs> Excuse me. That that was the easiest. That was question the easiest so question. Far. Yeah. Pixie was active as a superheroine starting in the 1950s. She used a dust that turned people into stone. What company created her? Your options are Dark Horse, DC, <laughs> Image, or Marvel. Marvel. Correct. Pixie was from Marvel the Lost Generation. Correct. For bonus points. Ding, 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 ding. I barely remembered her. In the miniseries Neozoic, Lily Murko lived in a world where dinosaurs never disappeared, but mankind is no longer the dominant species. Where does Lily fight these giant reptiles? Looking for the publisher. Is it Kitchen Sink? No. Your options were Image Comics, Drawn and Quarterly, Red 5, or Top Cow. Drawn and Quarterly. I think it's Drawn and Quarterly. I may be thinking of Xenozoic Tales. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Xenozoic Tales. All right. Hit Monkey is a monkey who kills other assassins. Where does he do his dirty work? (laughs) In the can. Marvel Comics. (laughs) Correct. All right, so there you go. Those are some of the questions. I like that category, that yeah, uh, round that, of questions better that's, because that's it a, really dives into Matthew's bivouac of obscure comic book knowledge. Yeah, Obscure comic book knowledge. This is stuff every comic fan should know. And the mighty heroes are awesome. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Hopefully we didn't... Uh, Hopefully you got some little bit of knowledge out of that trivia contest. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't forget, sh- tune into Critical Hit. We'll talk a little bit more about the uh, Dungeons & Dragons. Plus, the big epic season finale is coming. Plus, next time, Usagi Ojimbo. Why? Because we know that you love comics. We do, too. We'll talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Majorspoilers and on MySpace at MySpace.com slash Majorspoilers. Bad the X-ray vision of a Superman I could save a few bucks and stand around And read through the covers of the comics on the stand But although every other page would be backwards I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds Well I don't know Guess I haven't thought this all the way through Plus as soon as the comic book store guy knew They kicked my butt out on the corner What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler 
rich like a man of iron. I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. But would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fine be in the Middle East with a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler. Spoiler. Major Spoilers is copyright 2012.